Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim, and we are four women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. Releasing the shame around your struggles is hard work, especially if you feel alone. And so we wanted to create this podcast as a way to unite women of all ages, from all locations, all sizes and shapes, and really just want to invite you to sit at our table. Come as you are. Health and fitness is for everybody. And we're here to remind you that you belong, you matter, you are brave, you are capable, you are deserving of success. Maybe right now you don't truly believe those things, and that's okay. When we first got started, we didn't either. But we promise that each episode, we will show up vulnerably. We want you to realize your potential and the truth of who you really are. We will help you step into success and acknowledge that the power already lies within you. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. Welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Today, this is Sam Altieri. I'm going to be your host and I have my girl gang with me. We got Sarah Duff. Kim Schlag and Marcy Nevin. Hey, ladies, what's up? Hey. Hey. Today, we're going to talk about an awesome topic, which I think it's probably something that we all get in our DMs, like at least once a day, or people just asking the question of how to stay consistent. And this is a huge one that I think we have all struggled with, especially when starting off with our routines, um, like way back when, whenever that was for each of us. Um, And so we want to help you stay on track and give you some mindset shifts and also some actionable strategies to staying on track and helping you avoid when you do fall off track, kind of heading down that spiral, Um, really just helping you kind of catch yourself and pop back on. One of the biggest things that we all notice is that when life happens, usually that's where, you know, you miss one workout or you miss a good meal and it kind of just feels like life's never going to toss you a, a, you know, a good ball. So you just say, screw it. And you end up spiraling downwards. And so we want to help you tackle that Mm -hmm. spiral and get out of that funk. So I figured that we could start off maybe with kind of going around around the circle, just talking about an experience that we've had where we weren't consistent um, and sharing just a little bit uh, for everyone listening so they can hear that we also have those moments too, even though we're, we are coaches. So um, Marcy, let's start off with you. Do you recall a time where you were, or maybe, you know, you had the temptation to fall off track or something like that, but um, can you think of something in the realm of consistency? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really consistent. I'm really, really consistent. <laughs> like it just, I'm so, I'm sorry. You just, <laughs> like, when you were saying this, I'm like, please don't start with me. Please don't start with me. 
Well, the reason why I started with you is because you shared a story before we started recording. And so I thought it was very relevant to the topic because a lot of, a lot of women struggle with the same thing. So why don't you share what you told me earlier? All right. Well, first of all, let me preface it by saying this is not me trying to be self-righteous and, oh, I'm so great because I can be so consistent. Like I have been doing this for 20 years. So I'll be 36 in January. I literally started eating, I mean, eating better and working out consistently when I was 15. So I have built the habits over time that now it's just who I am. It is part of my identity. And I know that if I don't stay on track, if I'm not consistent, then I am not going to feel well physically or mentally. The other thing with that is I have a very strong why. So as someone who suffers from an autoimmune disease, like my health is my priority. And I know that if I don't make choices that support me or support my health in a really positive way, then again, I'm not going to feel good mentally or physically. And I risk, I risk like my health suffering, um, as a result. So for me, having that really strong, why keeps me consistent, but to talk a little bit about the story that you were referring to, Sam, And I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I have been in a fat loss phase for about five months now, and it's been fairly easy in the sense that I have made progress pretty consistently week to week. And part of that is because I have been so consistent with my habits that propel me forward and allow me to reach those goals. Um, And it was it was kind of crazy how like I didn't really hit any plateaus. It was just like my weight would steadily decrease. It would fluctuate, you know, maybe a pound or so on a given day, but that was really it. And I am not someone who has massive spikes in their weight. I know a lot of women do struggle with that. You know, the scale will go up five pounds one day. That is not normal for me. So I had not been feeling very well. A couple of weeks ago, I broke out in this really weird rash and I was like, what's going on. I didn't know what it was. Uh, and I felt awful, like literally felt like I was dying. <laughs> and the next week I started to feel better. So I was like, Oh, maybe I had, you know, a virus or something. Um, so that's kind of what started all off. And then last week I had waited and I do weigh myself every day just to see those trends over time. And it was the day after a refeed day, which is where you have more carbs. It's a good way to, kind of like reset your body. So fat loss is a stressor. If you've been really low calorie for a long time, it can help to have a refeed where you bump those calories up a little bit and, you know, like we'll get some water weight off maybe. Um, But it's typical for the day after the refeed for your weight to spike. So I know that. And my weight, excuse me, weight went up a little bit. And then the next day it stayed the same. And I was like, okay, like that's kind of normal. And then the day after that it spiked. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And it was up like two and a half pounds from my lowest weight. But I was like, interestingly enough, I feel like the, I look the best that I have during this whole process on that day. So I really wasn't concerned about it. Um, next day it was up a little bit more. I'm like, all right, what's going on here next day. It was down a little bit. And then on Sunday it was up two more pounds. So that would have been a five pound weight gain in the course of one week. 
which is very, very bizarre for me. And I had not changed anything. Like I was actually sleeping better. I felt way better. I had more energy. So my steps were higher. I was on track with my training and my nutrition. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it was honestly a little bit scary for me because like I said, this is not something that's happened. So I think for many people, they would see that trend and freak out and use it as, or see it as a sign that this is no longer working and get into that mindset of, all right, well, what I'm doing obviously isn't working. So I may as well just quit, or I may as well just not do my workouts this week because I'm not making progress anyways, or I may as well just eat what I want because I'm not making progress anyway. And that is a very, very dangerous mindset to get yourself into. And so you just have to be willing to ride out those little bumps in the road. So sure enough, I tried not to stress about it. I'm like, I'm just going to give this a couple days, see what happens. I talked to my coach on Thursday and I didn't even reach out to him like all panicked. I'm like, oh my gosh, why is my weight up five pounds? You know, what's going on with me? Um, and sure enough, like today it's, it's slowly dropping back down again, whereas if I would have, would have seen that five pound increase and just use it as an excuse to completely go off the rails, then my weight probably would have continued to spike. And then I would have gotten in this very like negative mindset, this kind of vicious cycle. Whereas yeah. if you can just catch from those little fluctuations and maybe seeing your progress, like regress a little bit rather than constantly move forward, which is not always what's going to happen. Like fat loss is not linear. You're going to have those little like peaks and valleys. Um, yeah, yeah, I really screwed myself. So I just, I stayed consistent. I detached from the data and now things are going back down in the right direction. Yeah. I think you bring up an <laughs> incredible point that I know everyone listening, whether you're in a fat loss phase or not, is the power of belief, right? And like trust in yourself and what you're doing in the process, which is really hard especially when you're starting out and you don't have 20 years of power, of course he does, which a lot of people don't, you know? Um, and the power of what habits can do for you in times like this, because you know it works as long as you just keep doing it, right? Well, but yeah. you knowing that is a blessing and it's like something you may, like if you don't have that belief, then you'll exactly like you said, like you're just gonna be like, well, screw it. No, it wasn't meant to make this success, like be a success or like never going to lose weight or I'm always going to be fat or, you know, and then end up going in that opposite direction and, and either like eating like an asshole or like just not working out because you're like, well, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you bring up a really good point and that's something that I want to touch on really quickly, which is one of the ways that I stay consistent. And it's what we talked about on the last episode we recorded was having a structured plan that you know works and that you know works if you do the work. <laughs> Let me say that. Yeah. Um, but you know that you can really trust in. And I have that. I, I have a training program that I follow consistently. I, I have a coach who gives me my macros. Like I know if I just put in the work, that is going to yield a specific result. And if it doesn't, I can make some tweaks. But yeah, you will be way more consistent if you have something structured to follow that you actually <laughs> believe in rather than totally trying to wing it. Yeah. I mean, I know I have, I have experience with that. Oh, we can dive into that later. But um, Sarah or Kim, which one of you would like to kind of share your experience next and follow up on that thought? 
Lady Kim, I shall let you. Okay. Take the floor. Kim well, looks I, ready. She's got, I know she she's does, got a lot she, of That's brain what power. I was thinking. She looked like <laughs> she's ready. ready. Yeah, you look ready to pounce. I was like, I'm yeah. not getting in the way here. You know what, you know what it is, ladies? I took my glasses off and I was trying to see, so I was looking up close. I had my, I'm always taking my glasses off to look at my, anyway. I had also, my, Kim sits I was, in. I was like, leaning in to see your faces. <laughs> Kim sits in this like epic chair. It looks like she's about to take off and like go to school. <laughs> And so, like, you guys can't see her, but we can. And it's just, she looks like she's living the life in, like, a pejory. Uh, Look, a I spend a lot of time in this chair. I bought myself a comfy one. Yeah. Okay, so I think that my story is going to sound very relatable and understandable to many people <clears throat> listening to this podcast, as well as to you other coaches from the coaching standpoint, because um, I'm going to sound like your clients. Um, years ago, when I, I was already quite lean, but I wanted to get leaner, and I was strong, but I wanted to get stronger. And I was in a group powerlifting um, coaching program. And then I sought out one-on-one coaching because I was just not seeming to be able to lose weight. Like I just couldn't seem to get lean. <laughs> and so I started with a coach and I would have sworn up and down I was being consistent. See, right? <laughs> like I'm be- doing this, right? Because my effort level was very high. When I started having daily accountability check-ins with my coach, after a couple of weeks, it became evident to me that First of all, what it was happening was it was working. And second, that I was not really being consistent before. It <laughs> felt like I was being consistent because I was many days of the week, right? Maybe five out of seven days of the week I was being consistent or 70% of the day I was being consistent, but I was doing a whole lot of, oh, I'm not tracking this meal on a weekend or I'm having some extra snacks I'm not tracking I just wasn't following the structure and not that you have to track, but if the structure you have laid out for yourself is I am tracking and you don't track all of the time, you're not being consistent. And that was the structure I had laid out for myself and I wasn't doing it though the effort level was high because it, it feels really hard to even be 70% consistent, but you get 70% results. Um, And so it wasn't until I was having these daily accountability check-ins and it wasn't anything in particular that my coach did or said, it was literally that I realized like, ah, this is what actual consistency looks like and feels like. Yeah. I think you like, you can't put in 60 or 75% of the, you know, the effort and expect a hundred percent. And from the outside, I think, especially in the world of social media and comparison, it's easy to look at other people and think that, they have this easy life, right? And they just get these results. But like what you don't see is all of the really structured meals, you know, and all the boring shit that happens and not their like, you know, fun donut (laughs) that they have once a week. You see the donut and that's it. And it's like, wait, I want to do that too. And I think that is, that for me, like when I first started is like, I was doing the same thing. You know, I just wasn't being, I wasn't holding myself accountable. I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And then I'd be like, I didn't track this granola (laughs) or whatever. Which is actually way more frustrating than just being honest with yourself and saying, look, like I'm not getting the results I want because I'm really just not doing what I, what I in maybe even on paper I'm saying I'm doing and you know that's a really it's an aha moment for a lot of my clients because I keep track of all their stats of what they tell me they're doing and then you know when they'll at the end of a month if they'll be frustrated with their progress and then we look at the stats together and I'm like look like you hit your calorie target 60% of the days and then they're like oh really that's it Mm, and then they're like oh wait so like nothing's wrong I just have to do more of what I've been doing I have to do what the days that I've been doing it really well I have to have more of those 
Yeah. And that's a really good feeling. Like there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing broken. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to do what you think mentally you're doing, actually do it. Yeah. I think there's a really powerful thing about the visual, right? Because like we kind of, we don't, we like give ourselves way too much credit for that stuff. You know, like the work we actually put in, but then when you see it on paper, like it doesn't lie, you know, it's like, then it kind of is like a slap in the face. And, you know, I had a, I had a client, she tracks everything like steps, protein, calories, how many hours of sleep, um, and if anything happened in her life, like she just, she, we created this spreadsheet cause she's a very visual data person and you know, she was losing weight, but it wasn't as fast as she wanted. And as fast as I knew she could, you know, kind of let that weight go and started the spreadsheet and it was her idea. Started the spreadsheet since starting, she has lost 20 pounds. Like, and it's just from mm-hmm. doing it and like, just being honest with yourself, you know? And I think she realized she's like, I was just lying to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we all do it, you know, but when you realize that you're only doing yourself a disservice, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care that you're lying, but your body and the results you want are the only thing that's going to suffer. So, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's oh really quick. Go for it. On that, oh. in, um, do you sometimes find that your, or any of you actually, that when your client comes to you with an idea to start like a spreadsheet or something that they are very often way more consistent with it because it was their idea in the first place. Whereas if you try and suggest something to them, you can come up against a bit of resistance and it's kind of like, it doesn't seem to work as well. So I found it with a lot of my clients that if they come up with an idea, they're way more likely to be consistent because they're looking at it and going, okay, I think this is what would work for my life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like imagine being told what to do and not knowing why, or really not knowing that it like works for you. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you told me like, you have to eat green beans every meal, I'd be like, um, um, okay. I would say yes, but I wouldn't do it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but if you were like, what do you think you need to do in order to get more green veggies? I'd be like, well, maybe I'll have more green beans with each meal. And then I would do it because like, (laughs) so I think that what you said is pretty powerful is like, if you're listening, it's, it's like no one else has the answer, but you only, you know, how you are going to best operate and best get your own results. But you just might need someone like one of us or another coach to ask you the question mm-hmm. of what do you need to do in order to be consistent? Yeah. Is it a fucking spreadsheet? You know, is it having access to a membership? Is it having a coach? Is it having a phone call? Like, how do you do your best life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Um, for me and my consistency, um, I am going to go in with my morning routine and journaling which now for me, I don't miss a day. Like it has been, I can't even remember the last time I missed a day, but if we rewind back to this time last year, when I was just trying to kind of sort out the morning routine, I really wanted to get into journaling because I was, you know, knowing that I needed to do it to help um, with shifting my mindset and dealing with, you know, some of my shit. Um, and I really struggled with it in the beginning because I came to the conclusion that it's 
I wasn't feeling like I was gaining anything from it in the beginning. So I was only managing it for like uh, maybe like a week. And then I seemed to fall off or I'd miss a weekend or I'd get bored of it or whatever. Um, And so I never really did it enough to be able to really appreciate how powerful, you know, journaling and the morning routine is. And then I, I just had a shift when I was just like, I called myself out on my own bullshit. And I was like, well, if you're only doing it here and there, how the hell are you expecting to like, how are you? going to get the best out of it and how are you going to get the results that you know you know that are at the other side of this so I just I started tracking on a calendar which I know Sam and I we use a lot our clients I don't know about you ladies with just the marking in the calendar with the x to make up a a nice chain of how consistent you're actually being and I kept doing that for a couple of months just until I felt that the um, consistency in the habit was pretty well ingrained and you know it it worked and I am now like reaping the benefits of you know having the morning routine in place and having journaling as one of my main kind of mind management tools I would say um, but it was that thing of not seeing or feeling the results straight away and I think sometimes actually with the mindset side of it it can be even harder to convince yourself and for, you know, us to, when we're speaking to our clients, to really get them to understand like how, how this is going to change how you view things and how you act. And because it's not such a tangible result, like you're not going to, you're not going to like see that your clothes are loosened or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so again, it's that thing of just trusting the process of knowing that, you know, if you do these things enough, it is going to, it is going to impact your mind in a positive, in a positive way, but you have to give it, you have to give it time and be prepared to put in the work and be open to kind of trying new things with it. So, yeah, I love that. And I think I'll, I'll follow up with it just from my experience. Um, morning routine is huge for me as well. And it's only something that I've really adopted and refined and honed in on in the past I don't know, maybe like six months before that. I love my life. Like, you know, I'd wake up and sprint to the gym and like, it was just awful. Like I didn't even know what I, I didn't know what was going on on any given day. And it felt very much like I was in a clusterfuck of like a, a tornado of a life, you know, like I had no control over anything. And I think that is something that a lot of my clients and a lot of people I talk to, they just, they're like, I just get so overwhelmed and I just don't know how to do anything. And so when that happens, they don't do anything because they are just stuck in this place of, well, I'm in a rut and I can't stay consistent because this and, you know, life happens. And, and I think part of all of that is like expecting results too quickly and just having that unrealistic timeline or chasing that finish line instead of, figuring out like how can you actually enjoy your day to day and then your weight loss or your progress is a bonus, you know, because like if you lose the weight, but you hate your life, like who cares? (laughs) You know, it's like so cool. You have a nice body, but your life sucks. Like, all right, that's, that sounds like shit to me. And I know from my own experience, um, I am a very naturally impulsive person. So it's, it's really hard for me to be patient and to just be and do the things 
in that day rather than like trying to fast forward to the next thing or thinking about like, what's it going to be like when, or, well, just when I have this, you know, when I buy that piece of workout equipment, I'll do it. Or like, I always told myself those things. Like I just kind of put off my own consistency until there was a better time. And I think over a lot of failed attempts and like in, in this past year, even like I have been so much more consistent only because I've just like been nicer to myself, you know, like I just, I haven't put so much pressure on myself. I think coming from a design background and, and from my dad, especially like that perfectionist, I, I always chase that. Like I, that was my identity. Like I was a perfectionist. And so when I didn't, you know, work out five times a week and hit my macros, like I felt like shit. And then my sabotaging behavior would be to just binge eat. Like that was how I coped with it, which obviously is counterintuitive to my goal. But at the time I didn't really know how to get out of that. And so now, you know, fast forward to today, it's like, I probably work out less than ever. Um, but it's because I don't have the time and I don't want to make more time to do it. I found a groove that works for me. And I think it's only from going to the extremes, you know, like being super sedentary and feeling like trash and then being like hyperactive and kind of crazy about my goals and obsessive. And now I'm like, all right, cool. Like I can work out like four times a week. I just walk a lot and I do what I can and I just move on. And I think that's, that's part of like my biggest message. And like the thing I want to like share with the world is like, you can't really like you just have to get back on it, you know, and like, don't say fuck it unless it's like a, an opportunity, like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to do that thing. Not like, ah, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm meant to fail or I'm never going to, you know, get fit. So coming back from any mistake, just like, okay, you know, it's all good. Not a big deal. You're good. And then that keeps you consistent because it creates more compassion. Really. You're just like nicer to yourself. And, um, I treat myself or I've started to treat myself more like a friend, which that has been a huge shift for me. Like I've never been nice to myself. I've always been such an asshole to myself because I had these really high standards that were almost like I just, I had learned them. They were conditioned. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you guys have had experience with that or anyone listening, but it's like, you have these really, really high standards and you're like, oh, I'm, you know, we're all our own worst critic. And there's something to be said about up, you know, living up to goals and stuff, but there's another level of beating yourself up and being an asshole to yourself that that's not helpful. You know, it's just not, it's, it doesn't help any, anything move forward and it doesn't help you feel good. So yeah. Can you guys relate to that, uh, those feelings? Yeah. I would want to touch on something you said a little bit prior to that, which is kind of the idea of starting smaller and then progressing from there. So a lot of people, when they start off, they have this assumption that they need to be working out, you know, five, six, seven days a week. And it's completely unrealistic. One, because maybe they haven't really worked out at all. So it makes you think you're going to go from zero workouts to five, six, or seven workouts. <laughs> um, same thing with their food, that they're eating fast food and not tracking and they have no awareness. What makes you think that you are going to go from that to eating protein and vegetables with every meal and tracking every macro meticulously. Like it just does not work like that. I mean, some people, yes, some people can, but I think that they are the outliers. So starting small, starting with one thing that you can do consistently 
and then building upon that. Because I think one of the reasons why people do get frustrated and they do give up too early is because they set the bar way too high and then they can't meet it. So then, like you said, you feel like, Sam, you feel like a failure. And people feel like a failure, they would rather stop altogether and go back to that comfortable place that they were rather than challenge themselves and keep trying to move forward. So whenever I get on like a discovery call with a potential new client, that's something I always say to them is, what is realistic for you right now? Don't tell me what you think you should be doing, how many days a week you think you should be working out, what would be realistic for you? And we will start there. We will build confidence. We will build momentum. And then we can always add to that as you get better and as your consistency increases. But yeah. start with R. Yeah. And I think that's like, I often hear as a response to that, like, yeah, but that's not enough. And you're that's like, that- yeah, but it's better than what you're doing right now, which is freaking nothing. So shut up and like, just trust that something small every day is way better than your random ass, like really intense workout once every 10 days. Mm-hmm. And I think people start to realize that. I think even just hearing us talk like this, usually when I talk to newer clients about this, if they've had some life experience where they've tried to like go all in on hard stuff and they see how fast they've burnt out. Mm-hmm. And if you do that enough times, it feels like okay, maybe I should try, maybe I could try something different. And it doesn't feel like enough to them, right? Saying like, all right, you're only walking 2000 steps a day. Let's have you walk 3000. Let's have you, you know, start eating vegetables at every meal or whatever. These little steps feel too easy, but that's kind of the point that I have with them is we're going to make it feel easy. And then we're going to add something else in that. Now the other stuff, you're not even having to think about it. And over time, what they realize is like this easy just builds up. And it feels, it's just so different from what they were used to. And it takes some time to get to the point where they see the results from it. But then it's not like before where it's like, okay, I did it for two weeks and I burnt out, or I did it for a month and I burnt out and I gained all the weight back, or I went to the gym steadily five days a week for three weeks. And then that was all I could handle. Yeah. I think a good metaphor for that is like, imagine that you like sign up for a marathon, you know, like I don't, I don't want to ever do that. And I don't think any of you, you know, if imagine if the training plan said like week one, run 26 miles, <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally, that is what people freaking do. They're yeah. like, oh, I want to lose weight. Okay. I'm going to eat 1000 calories and work out six days a week and yeah. fucking run my kids around and like, like no you're not yeah so So, remember like the marathon plan is intentional right like you start out with a two mile run and then you build up and you slowly incrementally add because if you ran 26 miles every week you would probably run your legs off yeah yeah people need to write this on their calendar for the for January as a big reminder so like across January on your calendar scribble remember to start small yeah so that slow you, the f down slow the f down I do not need to try and fit all my years fitness into this one month and hope that I'm going to get the results from doing this for one year in one month because it ain't going to work yeah I think you know so, the, the irony of the irony of marathon training is you never actually run the 26 miles before the race. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Kim, so. imagine trying a one rep max test every week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. Yeah. 
you know imagine if like instead of walking everywhere you had to sprint everywhere like no (laughs) everyone's just running (laughs) but I think the counter to that right so we're kind of talking about people doing too much or feeling like it's not enough um maybe we can switch gears to like when people are doing nothing and they really just can't find the groove like they just they start something and they just keep falling off and maybe they're starting small, but they just, maybe it's a mindset thing. It's like a mental thing. What do you guys um, recommend to your clients or to people reaching out to you? What do you recommend to them to kind of get their shit together and, and start doing the things that they want to do? A couple of things that I would say is one is recognizing that you're going to have to push past that sticking point to get some traction and it's going to feel really, really hard, but holding yourself accountable to that, even just for one day. So if you're, if the thing that you're struggling with being consistent with is say, like, let's say you do a really good job during the day, but you get home from work at night and you end up just eating all the cookies, right? And you keep doing this and you, every day you're like, I'm going to do it. And then you keep thinking like, I just can't do this. At some point, you're going to have to push past that sticking point and get one good day under your belt. You know, part of this consistency thing is setting up your environment for success. It's not just being like, I'm going to do it, you know, white knuckle it. So set your environment up for success, but then realize like you're just going to have to push past that sticking point and do it for a day. Sarah mentioned you guys using calendars. I use that with my clients a lot. Um, A consistency challenge really works very well. So they have that visual of like, I'm working for this. I'm like, I've got two X's and I don't want to get another. The rule I like to give my, uh, my clients is to have no zero days, no two zero days in a row. So they don't feel like if I screwed up once, now I got to start over and try and get 30 more days in a row, right? So the idea is that they'll look at the month and they will have X's, they will have no two days with zeros in a row so that you can still keep, keep that feeling of momentum up. Um, rather than falling all the way off, but knowing like you are just going to have to dig down and get some grit and push past. Yeah. The word grit is so great. It's like, mm-hmm. I love that word. Dig yeah. your heels in and, uh, you know, maybe Sarah and Marcy can dig into this. I think having a strong, having a strong why, you know, like what's, why do you actually want to do it? You know, uh, Marcy, Sarah, which one of you guys wants to well, that's what I alluded to in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning of the, the podcast was like what my strong why was or is and how that anchors me to everything I do. How did you um, get really clear on that? Uh, fear. So, you know, for anyone who does not have an autoimmune disease or even for someone who does, um, it can be really scary because. The one that I have, I have psoriasis, which affects my skin. But when I first broke out with it, when I was 21, it looked like I was covered in poison oak, like from my head to my toe. So imagine being a 21-year-old girl in college, covered by this rash, not knowing if it would ever go away, if it would get worse, is it going to spread to my face? Like what, you know, and, and feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be unlovable. Like no one's going to want to be with me. Like I, my mind went to the worst possible places. Yeah. And that's the thing with these diseases is you don't know how bad they're going to get. You don't know if you are going to develop another one. So yeah, mine is, um, it's not super serious, but I had the fear of, Am I going to get MS or am I going to get lupus or, you know, some of these really like debilitating 
diseases that would really impact my quality of life, not just on a physical aesthetic level, but from the standpoint of not allowing me to live the life that I would want to live and that I'm used to living in terms of being active and taking care of myself. And I, I remember, I'll never forget this, when my ex-husband and I split up, he is the one who left the marriage. And we, uh, we divorced when we were 30, right before my 30th birthday, or excuse me, 31st birthday. And I really didn't understand why he was leaving. And one of the things he said to me is, I don't want to have to take care of somebody the rest of my life. And that was like such a gut punch <laughs> because wow. he, he didn't, like, first of all, he didn't have to take care of me. Like I was not bedridden. I wasn't on disability. I was working just as much as he was, if not more. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, like really like I was holding shit down, like for us, for myself, I think it was more on an emotional level because I was always in my head. I was always nervous about what was going to happen. And like, going down the online rabbit hole on autoimmune disease forums, like just, I don't know. Yeah. My mind was spinning. Um, and luckily it's I'm so not in that. go on WebMD and like self-diagnose. <laughs> I, 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 I have diagnosed myself with pretty much like every chronic ailment. <laughs> known. My leg's going to fall off. <clears throat> yeah, you just cannot do that. Um, and luckily I'm not in that place anymore, which is wonderful. But yeah, just for me, it was just wanting to have the best quality of life possible. And Sam, you made an awesome post on Instagram a couple of days ago about uh, what you can and can't control. And I really can't control what my body does, right? Like I could take as good of care of myself as possible and I still may end up with something like we never know, but at least I am doing everything I can. Yeah. I think you touched upon such a powerful thing, which is fear. And I mean, maybe this will be a, another, we should probably do another whole podcast on this, but I think a really good motivator for some people is like, if I don't do this thing, like what's going to happen rather than like the reason why they need to do the thing. Because sometimes fear is the ultimate motivator. It's not like the potential of success. It's actually you're scared of what if I don't do this thing? You know, like yeah. what if I don't lose the weight and then I can't hang out with my kids when I'm old or like I can't bend over to pick up their freaking Legos when I step on them or like, you know, like stuff like that where we take it for granted. And sometimes you have to think about the worst case scenario and stay as far away from that as possible in order to drive you closer to the direction you want to go. I mean, at least for me, like the fear of like regretting things is so huge and driving everything I do is like, I mean, it's, it might sound morbid to some people, but I just think about like when I'm on my deathbed, if I even get that far, if something else crazy doesn't happen to me, it's like, I don't want to ever be like, I wish I did X, you know, I wish I created an online business and a membership site and started public speaking and do blah, 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 like did a backflip. Like, no, if I, if I'm going to start doing all those things right now, you know, or like, I don't want to like living like that. And so sometimes it's not so much like I want to do whatever that thing is. I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to become this great speaker. It's just, I don't want to not do that thing. So I don't know if that's, if you guys can um, relate, but I can, that's one of mine. Death yeah. yeah. I yeah. literally, it's the thing that drives me on the most. Cause I just never want to be that 
that woman that's just like, God, what if I had done all of these things? Like, I would just be so annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do that exercise with my clients. Like, yeah, me too. It's like a deathbed exercise. Like, picture yourself about to die, you know, and it's like, such what a cheery you- time. Yeah, I know. It's like, hey, guys, I have a great exercise. Think about your death. <laughs> But it's good. It gets you clear on what you want. Yeah. Because it's like really, it's hard to talk about what you want. Like, I don't know what I want. You know, I know what I don't want. So that's really how you end up figuring it out is like figuring, knowing all the shit you don't want to do or don't want to be or any of that. Mm. I think after the why part, Sam, where a lot of people kind of um, misstep is, okay, I know why I want to do this. Even people have a very strong why is the what part, like what exactly am I going to do? Because they have this general idea of like, I want to lose weight or I want to build muscle or whatever it is they want to do, but they don't have a clear enough plan. I like for my clients to know every single day when they wake up exactly what they need to do by the time they go to bed, that they could check it off and say, yep, I did it or no, I didn't. so that you know what you're supposed to do each day. And it shouldn't be just something like really fuzzy, like I will eat better today or I will eat healthy, right? Like something really clear, like, yes, I did it or no, I didn't. It needs to, it needs to meet those criteria. Yeah. So specific on what, what the behavior needs to be. Exactly. Leave it open for like negotiation. It's that yeah. either you've done it or you haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like smart goals, you know, yeah. like creating, I think, uh, a daily and for like specific measurable uh what's the a achievable relevant and timely or something specific yeah so if you're listening and you have you know what you want to do right you just don't know how to do it take it backwards so get your goal out there write that shit down and then break it into as many small pieces as possible that would be required to achieve it and you don't need to have a coach to do this. You can just do this. You know, if you want to save a thousand dollars, how do you do it? Okay, well, I have to save X amount of dollars per month. How do I do that? Do I automate it? Do I put it in an envelope? Like, have a clear plan. How are you actually going to do it? And then you do it because you know, like, there's no weird, like, you know, unclarity or like, oh, maybe I'll do it tonight or I'll put it in an envelope, maybe. Or like, when you don't know, you just don't do it. At least, from my experience, if there's any part that's not clear, that's my permission slip to not do it. <laughs> and it should be a behavior and action that you have control over. Like, so going on the example that you just gave, Sam, if the goal is a thousand dollars in a month, and so however many dollars per week, well, let's say you're supposed to save a hundred dollars a week, just saying I will save a hundred dollars this week isn't a good goal. You need to say, I'm going to save a hundred dollars this week because I'm not going to buy Starbucks on these days, right? So it needs to be something you can control, not just a general, like, I will do this, right? It has to be a behavior. Yeah. That you either will do or you won't do. Right. And that's, I think that's the difference between a, uh, maybe Martin Luther King said this, who knows, but uh, dream versus goal, you know, it's like, you can say all this shit, but you actually have to, if you don't, if you want it to come true, you have to make a plan, you know, or else it's just a nice thing to say out loud. Yeah. yeah, which I don't like when people set weekly goals to like lose X number of pounds per week for those who are weighing, because there's just not a darn thing you can do to actually like physically make that one pound go away, right? So, but yeah. you could 
end up reaching that goal if you said, I am going to you know, walk 10,000 steps every day and I'm going to eat three meals and they're going to be divided by such and such, you know, amount of protein. Like those are the kind of goals that will actually get you that you have, you have complete control over. You walk those steps those day or you don't, you don't have control over what the scale says. Yeah. You know, if, if a client comes to me and is like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds. I'm like, oh, do you have a knife? You can just chop off your leg. And there you go. Like, you don't even have to hire me. <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't decide when that, how long that's going to take, you know? Yeah. And you know, I just like jokingly say it, but it kind of makes them realize like, oh, you're, you're yeah. Okay. I guess. So like Kim, I think that's a huge, that is such an important thing to remember is when you guys are setting goals, set them about creating the the habits, right. Or like the daily thing you can do that I is in weeks and months, then the outcome will happen. And just letting go of that timeline, because at the end of the day, you know, like you don't know if you're going to have some family tragedy that's going to have you not be able to be in the gym for a few weeks, right? Like you, you don't get to decide that ultimately, but you can decide what you do during those days, right? And like how you eat and how you sleep and how you think about things. And so, yeah, Marcy, what you were talking about with the control thing, uh, I think that is one way that you can stay consistent is just do the things that you can and do, you know, it's like having that mantra of I'm doing the best I can given the circumstances that I'm in. And really it's all you can do. <laughs> right. And I always like to say, um, I don't set goals. I set intentions because like you said, Sam, you could have the goal and anything could come up that is out of your control that knocks you off track and is going to make it longer to reach that goal. It doesn't mean that the goal is impossible to reach and that you will never reach it, but it may just not be on your timeline. So here is my intention. Here are the action steps that I am going to implement to achieve that. And then I am going to release attachment from when specifically that happens. Yeah. And, and flip it, flip a script too. Like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, but I ended up losing 30 or Kim. I wanted to deadlift 300 pounds, but damn, I deadlifted 310, you know? So also don't limit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I know like we were need to wrap up here in a little bit, but something else that I wanted to touch on, which is so important, do shit you like. And Amen. we talked about this. I, okay. Like, <laughs> uh, you are not going to stay on track if you are, trying to eat keto and your favorite food is sweet potatoes, right? Uh, so if you're not eating and exercising in a way that you enjoy, you are never going to be consistent. Sam, you talk about this on your stories quite a bit with, you know, your oatmeal, like that is what you look forward to. I'm similar with my meals. Like I eat the same meals all the time because I genuinely look forward to them and I don't have cravings for a bunch of other food that is going to get me off my plan. Um, do I love going to the gym every day and lifting? No, not necessarily, but I like it way more than like, you would never catch me in an orange theory class or, uh, you know, signing up for a marathon because I would be miserable and I would never want to do it. So choose the, choose the, the way of eating, the way of moving your body that feels best for you. Know that the motivation will not always be there, but if you enjoy it, you're going to be way more likely to stick to it. Yeah. And also become really clear about the person that you are wanting to be in the future, like really clear with yourself, how you want to feel, how you want your life to look, 
all of the things. Because if you don't know who you want to be, like you're not going to stick to anything. And also become aware of your own excuses. Call yourself out on your own bullshit. So, you know, when you are sat trying to, you know, argue with yourself about why you should or shouldn't go out for a walk, just listen to what's going on in your head. And guaranteed, you could write down, if you wrote down every single excuse on a bit of paper that you had going on, you'd look at it and you'd be like, what the hell is that? Like, that's just, so you need to get good at calling yourself out on on your own crap. Yeah. I think, well, to close things out, I heard a really great quote about the concept of identity, which you just mentioned. Mm. And um, it was referring to running, which you know, that may be applicable to anyone listening, but I think it's, it's a metaphor for any, any type of exercise or anything staying consistent. And it's when you don't feel like running, remind yourself, I am a runner and runners run. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, oh shit. You know, it's like, it's, it's not so much anything other than like, I am, you know, if, if it's about lifting weights, like I am a strong person and strong people lift weights right? Or like, I am a fit person and fit people eat vegetables or like whatever the thing is. But it starts to talk about the identity of like the person that you want to become, what are they doing right now? You know? And okay, well, if you want to be that person, you have to start doing those things or else you're not going to get there. So thinking about like, you know, the greatest bodybuilders, the greatest athletes, the most fit people, they just keep showing up and doing the thing. And that's, that's it. It's really it. <laughs> and it's the power to success. It's just consistency. So yeah. Amen. That well, this has been super helpful for you. And thank you all ladies for sharing all of your insights. I think we've all had our fair share of falling off track and getting back on and learning and messing up. And I think that's probably why we're all coaches because we found ways to stay on track most of the time, or when we do fall off, we kind of have strategies to get back on. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, We will be posting a little um, homework assignment in the Facebook group for those those of you that are in there. If you search uh, Women's Wellness Project um, on Facebook, you can join. We'll be putting in some homework around this episode. Um, otherwise we will catch you on the next episode and hope you enjoyed. And please, if you have not already subscribe in the iTunes store and share this with your friends because we love, love hearing from you and yeah, can't wait to give you guys another episode soon. Bye ladies. Bye. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious, and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review, and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you, we appreciate you, and we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. Four women, one mission. We are the Decades of Strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.